All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Audio Ecstasy. Dylan, episode number 10? This is episode number 10. Double digits, man. Yes, we are in the zone. Double we, digits. We did it. Finally. At long last, despite everything that has prevented us from doing the show on the basis that we wanted to, we are here. We are here. We are doing it. We got a guest with us today, Mark Miller. Mark, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. All right, so Mark, you've said you've listened to a couple episodes of the show. Yep. So you're ready for what's about to go down right now. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I, this has become my favorite part of the show, honestly, Dylan, is when I meet people through you and the first time I meet them is mm-hmm. on the podcast and I like get to just find out within like a quick hour their whole... I feel the, like I get to like, know down. them as a music person. Yeah, and that's yeah. just become so much fun. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. that's my... Without question, my favorite part of the episode is just hearing from whoever we have on just where they're coming from. But it all... I mean, that genesis, just hearing that at the beginning, it's hard to just beat that. Like, where did it all... Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, go. so Mark, two-part question here for you. First part, what was the first CD you ever bought? And the second part, who's the most recent artist that you've gotten pretty heavily into? All right. Uh, The first CD was probably Fallout Boy, Infinity on High. Back to back Fallout Boy. That really speaks to our generation, I guess. I know. This is what I was saying. Again, I don't mean to harp on the Backstreet Boys thing with Nick seeing them live or whatever, but like a lot of these answers are generational, which is why, again, it's got to be the Strokes versus the Backstreet Boys, not Nirvana. Like, that's why the generational (laughs) stuff cannot be overlooked. If someone's (laughs) listening to the show for the first time, that's such a funny. That's why it has to be that. Like, what has to be that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you'll find out about this later, but the the rivalry between. Not the rivalry. I guess. Oh, it's we, a rival. Well, no, and well, between uh, in our minds, like this is not something because I would honestly, you know, I think, eh, I guess the Strokes, but like it's still, it's not something where I'm like definitive, like oh yeah, this is I'm clearly in this camp. I've kind of moved further between. from that. I've, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying, like yeah, uh, as far as what I'm alluding to, this is just Backstreet Boys or the Strokes. Who do you prefer? Why? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just gauging the temperature. Which starts because I would always say Backstreet Boys and Nirvana because one well, you group would, is so critically acclaimed and one is sort of like joked about as not being serious, and then you right. presented that the better switch is to do Backstreet Boys because it's from the or, uh, tell- Backstreet Boys and uh, Strokes because yeah. at the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's certainly, like, if you had lived through Nirvana, you would have an opinion about the back. Like, you'd have a better, like, grasp of that necessarily, but I don't think that, yeah, just we're, right. the people that we're talking to, people closer to our ages, that's, Mark, like, what's much clearer, yeah. I think, across okay. the board. But, yeah. So, Mark, you got the album after the one Matt got from Under the Court Tree. How old are you? I am 26. 26, so that even speaks to it, too. Matt's, like, two years older, so he gets the one. Were you about 12 when you got it? Yeah, it's something like that. Yep. yep. Ever, yeah, that. Somewhere yeah. around there. Yep, yep. Do you, remember, do you remember where you got it, too, at all? I think a Walmart. It was a Walmart, okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I grew up with an older sister, so, like, my... I didn't get into music really heavily until I feel like that wave of emo if, mm. if you want to call that stuff yeah emo. i mean look I, i'm not a purist we should do an episode means, about like, that. i know there's people who will yell we should do an episode purely about third wave emo the wave of emo that all the heads are going to scream louder than anybody else in the room about it not being is that emo. like mcr too yes mcr okay. fallout boy like yeah take my sunday we, I mean, we gotta run the old like emo copy pasta yeah just like right oh yeah screaming Rub. out yeah mm-hmm. so like Growing up, I I remember like only hearing like like stuff that was on like nine five five like the big like radio like hip hop mm-hmm. pop hits yep. and then hearing like classic rock from my dad. Okay, yeah. Which I never got too into besides like the Beatles as a kid, mm-hmm. and I I always just thought like rock is for old people. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really care for anything I was hearing on the radio. Yeah, you hadn't quite um, found whatever spoke to you. Yeah, you just knew it wasn't yeah. necessarily what, yeah, rock or hip hop or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Mark, it's been great having you, man. 
<laughs> All right, I'll, I'm gonna go. But then uh, I can't remember what me and my sister heard first. Like she got into Aaron Carter and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. There's the reference. You guys have a jingle for that? Yeah, we should. Like we need to get bells. some. There's got to be some sort of sample we can hit every time. Whenever Backstreet Boys. a different Slide sound for Backstreet's back. Well, All I, right, that needs to be a separate one. I think if it's just like a like an exhausting Dylan or Danny Corbin, those should be separate noises. But a separate one entirely for the Backstreet Boys. That's like, all right, everybody at home, take a shot. Like we're jam- we're partying. See, we're that's, out. We need to get the well, audio ecstasy drinking game yeah. built. That's smart. I'm already, I, the I am working on it. That's oh. the only thing that I feel great about as yes. far as like a definitive rule. But you know, we're working on it. We can turn it or get awesome. that keyboardist. Yeah. <laughs> and both. We need a live. Yeah, Mark yeah. suggested before the show that it'd be cool to have a live keyboardist during the pod. You know? Yeah. It never talks. Don't use his real name either. Okay. Right. Just right. I still him. feel very strongly about having, again, a delay pedal and a time drum for myself. But, like, again, in house musicians of any kind, just something in the background. And a keyboardist or, you know, having a, somebody with a sample or something makes a lot of sense. Before but, you, you know. got here, your mic was plugged in through the Helicon. And when I unplugged it, I was like, this, he might want this. He might want to go auto tune. He might want delay. He might. <laughs> Maybe I should leave it. But I didn't. Uh, next time I will. Thank you for thinking of that. Though. Next time we'll be all thoughtful. I really will. Okay, yeah. <laughs> or or maybe right. like a guy with a saxophone outside, maybe like oh, a, a good like natural 10, reverb. 20 yards yeah. away. <laughs> there we go. That's good thinking. In the distance. Make people wonder if like, is that part of the podcast? Or yeah, is that a planned is thing? That, it's just pure happenstance. Or is They're someone not gonna cut playing, this out because it worked? Really? Is someone else playing? Out there on the river just ripping a sax solo. Yeah. Where's a sax man at? <laughs> okay, so then second part of the question mark. Most recent artists that you've gotten pretty heavily into? Uh, the most recent one, they're a band called Rendezvous, and I think they're French. Mm. They play kind of like goth, like post-punk stuff. It feels pretty punk, pretty post-punk, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. It has like bits of like shoegaze and stuff in there. It's it's just great all around. They have like two EPs and an album that came out in 2018. I think they have a new single out. That I haven't heard much of, but I've I've really been liking what they do. Yeah, yeah this it's, sounds like something that I'm going to check out tomorrow. It's, yeah. I have not heard of this band, but I'm looking forward to listening to it. Aggressive, <laughs> it's groovy, it's, it's oh, great. Sold. I cool. really dig them. Oh yeah, Rendezvous. Okay, good deal. All right. Well, I think that's like a perfect transition too into like. And very, I mean, certainly the, of the episode. Yeah, You're talking post punk gothy. I hate pigeonholing anybody, but again, definitely a band that seems very much within your wheelhouse, Mark. And yeah, emblematic of not. You know, some of the bands that we're going to be talking about today are draw from a lot of different things, and I don't want to pigeonhole them into yeah. any specific sort of thing. I mean, they're drawing from a post-punk tradition, I think, in a, a lot of ways, but they're, with each of these bands, there's a lot more going on. And right. but it is, again, it all speaks to stuff that I, it's not surprising that you're into at all, like yeah. just knowing what I know about your tastes. But yeah, so, um, I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so we're talking today about the speedy underground or underground scene, yeah. and I was going to ask you if you could kind of just give like a quick layout of... Yeah. Sort of a definition oh, of that. So, yeah. as I understand it, it's essentially this label. I don't know where exactly in the UK, like if we're going to be, specific, but uh, a label with a handful of different bands that. Who did you say the, the name of those dudes? I'm going to need to find this shit out myself. I want to say. John. It's Dan Carey. Dan Carey, okay. But I could be completely uh, fucking So there's wrong. the head of this label is basically involved producing, and I don't know how much, how exactly involved he is, but he certainly has a hand in producing all of. Uh, the releases of various bands on this label and uh, Black Mini is the band that I've been um, I, I think they're even signed to Ruffed right now so it's not even necessarily yep. like they're they're part of like the what but like they were launched from this speedy right, underground yeah. scene so to speak and like felt very strong ties to uh, those acts so to speak etc but um, when I dis- they were the first band of these that I discovered and like I 
sort of framed it yeah as like a really interesting kind of blend of like post-punk and some math rock and a little bit of noise and just like a, you know very interesting off-kilter unpredictable music that was clearly drawn from a post-punk tradition but not nearly yeah. as like tried and true as the vast majority of punk music that ends up coming out every year and um since that was before they put out their debut slog in 2019 and they've got two records out now their second record cavalcade came out not uh this past friday but the fri- friday prior and they've developed so much since those early singles and they're honestly yeah. one, i think one of the most exciting bands working right today i was privileged enough to see them at deluxe flux touring um, oh man yeah i didn't actually tell That's you i, I don't want to rub it in when i brought this up to you and i was so like i think good. that was the only show i'm aware of in michigan to i mean i don't know they haven't been active for that long but a uh, phenomenal show they are very very good live and i mean certainly something that it i would recommend to anybody like if you just like are you know really compelled by intense like virtuosic kind of live music i mean their drummer yeah. alone is just oh, such a hard sell morgan like, simpson he's insane <laughs> yeah my he's god insane. <laughs> like it's a monster it feels like no matter how like loose and chaotic they get like mm. morgan can be going nuts and then he can just snap right back into the beat and just yep. bring everything like right back into oh, yeah. order yeah like it's it's incredible. So it's, that's certainly I was gonna say, like my yeah I really love Black Midi. That's my was my in so to speak. And the only I don't know exactly how many bands are a part of this like label. Right. Or, go is ahead. Squid on that label? Or yeah, how, does, see, how does Squid fit into that? So Squid has put out again with all these acts. I mean they put out music through Speedy Wonder Ground. I'm not sure if any of the bands we're going to talk to today are still like, technically signed to the label. Yeah, or they've like, all Squid moved is on through. Warp Records. Squid, okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Like yep. where Apex Twin is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the wow. Warp. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. So, yep. and again, like that, again, if we're talking about like, oh yeah, a post-punk band, that is shocking. But like you listen to that Squid record and I'm like, yeah, I could see why like Warp would want to say this, guys. I get it. That's not really that surprising. Yeah. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd say of all those bands kind of in that wheelhouse, I feel like Squid is the easiest to put under post-punk because mm-hmm. it can be like very bass driven. It's got like yes. a lot of talking heads. Yeah, that, and talking heads me, are definitely one of the biggest signif- in my it, mind signifiers vo- on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do like ahead. the, I sing like this. Yeah. I do kind of goofy things with my like just, voice, well, which the, I love. Yeah. The oh, exaggeration, yeah. like the, those yeah. affects and everything. And I, again, I don't want to necessarily just chalk it up to some of those vocal performances, but yeah, you have those bass lines and it's like, oh man, right. it's just, it's and very, kinda, yeah. Kind of how like they get kind of funky and groovy. There's some dub, some funk. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Also, he also reminds me of uh, Marky e. Smith from The Fall. Uh, yeah, I can see fall. that a little bit. Yeah, because I also, I don't know, like, I, so between those two, I've listened to those two in the last week, the Black Midi record, the new one, mm-hmm. and then the new Squid record, and I think I preferred the Squid record. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot, too, of Pavement, though, honestly. Like, oh, yeah? And maybe because Pavement takes huge influence from The Fall, but, like, yeah. I can I mean, see that well, the thing is, for sure. Pa- uh, the Fall and Ken. These are both bands Can't. that these bands are drawing from. Yeah. Keep yeah. in mind, Pavement and Big time. Um, yep. Squid. So and I also think I also got kind of some can vibes from Black Midi. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Just like that yeah. freeform or like Miles Davis 70s There's, stuff. I was yeah. going to say, like uh, with Black Midi, you're getting also a lot of like, yeah, specifically Miles Davis jazz, some prog. Like there is some very, very interesting things going on that just seem in some ways antithetical to like post-punk and a lot of like what punk music is. But it, right. it's very, very interesting and it works together very well. But I like to call Black Midi manic progressive. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I like that fun. a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Um, yeah. That's that's my little 
Bitcoin in the in the well. Thank you well. for sharing. Oh, yeah, I like framing them that way. That's nice. It fits. Yeah. Um, and if you listen to any of Black Country New Road, because that's again the only other no. band that I am aware of that has put out. I mean, they, all these bands have put out records this year. They only have one record, but great band um, name though. I mean, right. I've yeah. just heard Ian Cohen say it so many times, and it's just like that is such an <laughs> iconic name. Yeah. And yeah. they're interesting because I mean, yeah, it's whatever. Like they, uh, some of these bands kind of have like a almost. I mean. Black Midi definitely does not, but with a band like Black Country New Road, they definitely kind of slip into that speak song kind of thing. That yeah, it, like, a lot of like post rock vibes yeah, from yeah. them. And uh, with um, yeah, the those kind of like it. Oh, I was gonna say like uh, the other post punk band as well. I was I'm kind of jumping over a lot of things here. First and foremost, I should say before I get into this real quick. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys are kind of aware of this, but May was an enormous month for post punk. I mean, we're talking about a couple records that came out, but yeah. Ice Age, Ice Age, yeah. Ice Age, and Dry yep. Cleaning both released records in April. Yeah. Like these are all. I mean, e- like some of the best post punk records I've record listened to in a long time, all within this month, whatever. And like you yeah. know, I've got a lot to say about each one of these, respective of their own careers and everything else. But like Dry Cleaning and uh, certainly from a vocal perspective, Black Country New Road have some of that going on, where it's a very dry sing song kind of like sardonic sort of thing going on there, and it's very just like witty and observational but in black country new roads case the music is also chaotic and explosive and draws yeah. from like legitimate klezmer music and it's just like very very idiosyncratic in that way but what were you gonna say danny i uh, i mean i had two points one was i was just thinking that how i mean at this point in time they don't do waves of post-punk because when i think post-punk i do think of like late <laughs> 70s early 80s of course right and so like i kind of want to make the argument that like isn't like britney spears post-punk too like it's all mm-hmm. I, <laughs> we want to open this can of worms <laughs> is this we want to go I, fishing well i think it's interesting just based on that how like emo is very much something where like there's so much and like you know i know that there are obviously the the forums of post-punk and the community like the heads and all like with anything but like i do ne- i never hear that talked about in specific waves you have like the first yeah. couple were like the real like oh like you were speaking to the og stuff the you know late 70s and then like early 80s couple waves but like as far as you know with what we're speaking to as far as like there being like crop of like post-punk bands that seem to emerge every couple of years like with yeah. that stuff it's it's so frequent that i have no sense of like if people really give a shit at that point so but. should we talk about like what the genre is like kind of give like a, a basic layout we that's yeah, probably a good idea yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. so like i think of it as like specifically what makes post-punk post-punk is if poke if punk was sort of a reaction to prog where it was like rock had gotten so like technically sophisticated and complicated punk was like let's go back to everything should be three chords and dumb and fun and aggressive right. yeah. and what we were talking about is like you know uh sort of punk being second wave like og like real rock, og rock, and rock. Roll. bring it yeah. really back to yes. the basics in yeah. that way like, you don't need to be skilled yeah. you don't need it's, to it's do a, anything not, you, you guys, shouldn't be skilled yeah if, yeah. if yeah. you yeah. have anything. three chords you're off to the races like <laughs> right. we're, we're going man and then post-punk seemed like it was continuing in that vein a little bit and i think a lot of it too is that artists from the punk movement like your johnny rotten john lydon goes and says uh public image limited yeah. and all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but the difference being that there was sort of a return to a little bit more technical sophistication and maybe like academic. I mean, th- those bands started incorporating, I think, a little more like theory into their music and then also incorporating genres like dub and reggae and yeah. sort of just more avant-garde influences than just like the Ramones doing what the Ramones did. Or yeah, that's like, a, that is a huge thing in my mind for sure. And like, then from, a, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 ahead, definitely like a lot more atmosphere than like straight up punk bands because they're all mm-hmm. about you know it's just the energy you just go you play you go yeah. right. go fast and right. be angry and then post-punk was kind of like thick crunchy chords yeah, that's not there as just, much and yeah yeah mm, let's explore this a little bit more draw from much more like actually use the studio a little bit more like yeah it's yeah. just and i mean again it, like 
you know, there's a lot of incredibly sophisticated punk music, but as far as like what that initial right. sort of distinction was when we talk about like how post-punk emerged, that I think absolutely is true. Yeah, and I think from like a formal perspective, we were talking about a little bit of this before the show too, Mark, like you were saying you play bass and post-punk is a big genre for you and how like oh, bass yeah. is like the lead guitar of post-punk. It's like all the yeah. songs seems to be like, you think back to Joy Division as one of those big bands oh, and Gang of Four. I mean, it's all just like Wire. Yeah. Every I feel like the first three Wire albums yeah. all start with the same, just like one note bass line. Yeah. And it's badass. Like, yeah, it works yeah. very well. It's fucking tight, but that is like a huge through line. It's hard to think about like po- real post-punk without that being, yeah, and yeah, like an implication for sure. And over the years, it's been interesting. So I think one of the main topics I want to talk about too today in regards to post-punk we're always referencing IndieCast, and on <laughs> IndieCast, the podcast with Steve Hyde and Ian Cohen, they're always talking about how critics have kind of consistently for the last 30 years or so, since even 40 years since post-punk really started in the 70s, 80s, have talked about it as if it's still some like new... Uh, like they don't, they don't treat it as if it's gotten stale in the same way classic rock so quickly got to treat it as stale. Post punk is one of the few yeah. things that critics seem to just always give a pass by and large. It, it, if, like, and there's, I mean, again, we're, I'm, in my mind, these are all pretty exciting bands that are drawing from post punk among other things. But like by and large, that is one of those genres where they like bands seem to get a pass in a way that like any other act would not for regurgitating a lot of the same kind of old tropes. Yeah, and right. it's interesting, like what it's crystallized into is like what those tropes are like what are like the like if you want to do an uh an impression album of right. like what a post of like a if weird al was going to do a post-punk record yeah like, like what, what would the this thing, sound like? you're gonna have like <laughs> heavy bass lines you're gonna have usually a, a male singer who's like talking droning yeah. like low baritone kind of or like yeah speak song kind of yeah. thing talking or just yeah it's a very yeah purposefully limited kind of range like yeah i mean angular i feel like is always the word i the, see the most descriptive yeah. term for post-punk music by yeah. and large yeah. yep yep for sure but yeah, so I mean that is definitely something where, yeah, there's a uh, and I, I mean I like if I'm looking at like the 2010s, I, my favorite post punk band I still think is Ice Age and like Preoccupations are way up there for me as well. Like those two are Love in my mind very emblematic of bands that like are really like legitimately pushing the form forward and doing very interesting things while like undeniably drawing from a post punk tradition and like I mean. Ice Age are more of an outlier, certainly. I mean, like, the first two records are a pretty seamless blend of, like, post-punk and noise and hardcore. They've gradually gotten much more sophisticated and, like, I mean, it basically sounds like cabaret, like, you know, art rock, whatever. But, like, you know, that was always, that still is the through line that, you know, what they're, you know, a lot of stuff still kind of is drawing from that in some way. You still have, like, a heavy bass influence. He still sings in that same way that, like, mm-hmm. Elias Ronenfeld's delivery, I mean, it's still, like, that is a very signature kind of post-punk delivery, regardless. Like, the signature, a lot of the signatures still remain, but I think they've taken, you know, that stuff to a very interesting, like, just a place I didn't think I would hear from bands that ever identified as post-punk. And uh, Preoccupations is not quite as drastic, but they make incredible records and, like, that first preoccupations record when they back back where they were called Via Conk really is one of the, like oh, that's one right. of the most yep. impressive like studio post punk. I mean like the production on the record is just incredible, yep. just masterful stuff. Uh, Ice Age too. I mean they're coming out of his. Tell me if it's the same for preoccupations. The wave of post punk that I first got into, which was like 2012, like holograms, merchandise. Well, now see, it's interesting because Ice Age was that year too. I think right or 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Around yeah. that same. Well, like, no. I was just gonna say it's interesting because like yeah, merchandise. Um, sorry, what's those bands merchandise, merchandise holograms who i feel holograms. like have kind of fallen oh, off the map holograms in a while yeah yes. and that, that these are bands record. you turned me on to oh, when man, I, met Holog- you. Yeah. I haven't listened to that holograms record in a damn near a decade now. oh i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean these were all big on. for you 2012 right these I all made your top 10 that year it. i was yeah. loving it yeah um but yeah so um 
let's say yeah ice age yeah they their first album came out in 2011 and um preoccupations were members of like two of those members were band members of the band women who had a couple records like okay. that's yep. basically the spiritual preoccupations are the spiritual successor of sorts to the band women and they released two very very good records um one of the members passed away and they disbanded and then formed preoccupations with two other guys a couple years later so they I mean they've been you know making music for a while a lot of those guys but they only have three records, but all of them are great. Highly recommend them. Yeah, I mean, I love all that stuff. And I, I mean, I haven't listened to a ton of those records, too. Like you mentioned, I think Merchandise, I mean, I really like all those records. I think everything I, they've done yeah. are great, but, like, they haven't released records since, like, 2017 or 16 or something. Do they even like, have one then? I, yeah, maybe they did. I, I stopped the, listening. I don't with, remember when the last one came out, but they were definitely, I mean, that was one of those bands, too. I was really getting into a lot of classic post-punk that, like, again, like, did not sound like a lot of stuff that I was getting into, but it was like, oh yeah, there is. It's, there was definitely a bit of a through line here. I can see how yeah. this would still be regarded as such, even though you know it's decades after the mm-hmm. fact. Whatever. Like, can I ask a dumb question? Please, I love dumb questions because I don't agree that they exist. <laughs> <laughs> is Joy Division the Zeppelin of post punk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had, I want to hear Mark's answer. To this. <laughs> I at least don't think they. Uh, did anything with anybody under underage? Okay. Well, well, what I, makes you say that? I'm curious. What like what? I was just to like. In I've what been, sense? I've been thinking of like who are like the like defining bands of that genre, and I feel like Joy Division is like I, the most well known post punk. If we're talking about yeah, as far as like sort of how or like uh, the Beatles maybe is a better. Well, like, are they the Beatles of? Well, I was gonna say as far as if we're approaching it, from, yeah, from that idea of like oh yeah, there you know are always so many great bands, and as time goes on, people only remember a couple bands that were emblematic of entire. Th- yeah, I mean, they're like for the sure, icon like, of the genre. Yes, exactly. The face of the as genre far as like of. that perspective, the way that people would view the Beatles or Led Zeppelin in that way, even though they're very distant sounding groups, just as a sort of totem of what classic rock or whatever was like yeah i mean i would say for sure they are that band like yeah. you know there are obviously you know all there are a hand you know gang of four I mean, there are a couple that like are you know the definitive groups as you know but like if we're talking about the one it's uh, obviously joy i mean in my mind it's gotta be yeah yeah, yeah. for sure i mean that's um, what i think of when i think of like that the bass guitar relationship of yeah post yeah. or like some of that joy division stuff for sure i was gonna say too um i was just thinking about like contemporary like post-punk bands and like you know actually i believe i turned you on to fontaine's dc yeah and i um, love that new record man yeah i mean they they're also an example and this is where it gets kind of blurred because like they're a band that to me like at first was like oh this is really just tried and true post-punk but it's very very well made and it's like i'm not even i don't even think it's not even fair to say because again like all this like some of the bands there are certain ones that, you know, every, all the time that absolutely fall into. I, you know, I I mean, you could say that all kind, I don't know, I'm, I'm falling kind of tripping over what I want to say here. But, like, with a band like Fontaine's DC, like, it's executed so well that I can't help but enjoy the records for what they are. They're not a band that I feel completely, particularly compelled to listen to that often. But, like, I don't necessarily look at them as emblematic of, like, really stale post-punk. I think they're really like writing great songs and like are yeah. great musicians and like it's very like well made it's just not necessarily like I, I wouldn't think of it as like necessarily as plain as like yeah I'm gonna go back to like fucking the, the band that I was going back to is like Idols I really do not care for Idols to me they are like the J. Cole of uh, post-punk the like, J. Cole of post-punk yeah this is what when you said that comparison this is what I want to make they to me and like that's obviously much more like as far as like you know how they consider themselves and, and their ideology that, and like the, the heavy handedness of it all but yeah and when you say that you mean in the sense that they've gone like platinum five no times over with no features that's exactly that's, right that's, that's all, that all means. on their own that's all yeah. that means yeah respect yeah. respect to idols <laughs> yeah they're kings yeah. no doubt because one other thing that throws me off though sometimes about the defining limits of like post-punk 
because uh, I feel like it's changed over time. Like over time, it's just crystallized into that aesthetic that we're talking about of like driven bass and then like the certain vocal mannerisms and maybe a certain aesthetic choice. Um, but early on too, I feel like there was kind of a broad definition. Like I've seen Talking Heads referred to as post-punk and I don't think of them as sounding like any of the bands we've mentioned. I feel like I've seen The Cure listed. Well, see, also, this is, yeah. oh no, go ahead. I want to hear you want to finish this, but this is an interesting thing too of bands that were coming out of this and like Talking Heads and The Cure are very interesting examples of bands that like had definitely had their roots in that, but like they right. have that kind of longevity they had because they transcended that stuff, transcended that stuff very early on. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I definitely think, yeah, there was some yeah, early, early stuff early in both Cure bands. does yeah. maybe sound more. Oh, sure. And I, like, I think more so than Talking Heads, like Talking Heads are, I mean, arguably the like definitive new wave band, whatever, right. but like uh, yeah. art rock, you know, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. I will say that like, I do think some of that early stuff was, I mean, they were definitely like considered, I mean, they were coming out of that whole post-punk thing for sure. They just, I mean, again, they came into their own and we're doing something entirely different very quickly, but same kind of deal with the cure. But it is, yeah, I mean, depending on who you talk to, again, these signatures exist for a reason. Like, it's easy to, like, for the comedians, you know, we are with our, whatever, it's easy to lump things into things and category, whatever. It's just the way that we process things. But, um, yeah, depending on your mileage, I do think it can mean different things to different people. And, like, you know, I've had conversations with people about Black Midi where it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, they're a great, you know, post punk band or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, I myself just don't, I mean, there's just so much more going on. And it always feels disingenuous to just shortchange but some of these bands with just like, oh, yeah, this is like, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's experimental yeah. avant-garde rock. There you go. That's like, <laughs> yeah. if you want to unpack it, we can unpack it. But like, yeah, you're yeah. You know. throw a word salad at <laughs> Right. Yeah. Here, here's a bunch band. of descriptors. Like, I don't want to be unpaired. <laughs> this right. is what it is. Like I have friends, like I'll tell them about a band and I'll throw out a bunch of descriptors, yeah. you know, throw yeah. out my genres and they'll right. just be like, what? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, this is me trying to like temper down the music nerd. I'm like, I want to bring people into the, you know, just stuff that I think people yeah. would be into, but you get too wordy with it. It's just, you're not doing anything, but you're doing a disservice all around. It's and hard. I, I feel like post punk inherently is just such a wiggly genre. Yeah. It's just, it, it came after punk and like maybe it's bass driven, but there's post punk that isn't so bass driven. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, we're looking at like the very like we're looking at the tried and true tropes of what we conveniently yeah. would look at as that, but yeah, there's so much of that that is not at all. There, I've heard post punk with no bass. I mean, this yeah. stuff exists, but like, yeah, or, these are the the signatures for a reason. These, whatever. Or it's just goth kids with a couple synthesizers, yeah, and they're right. just going yep. at it. Because there's that great Chris Ott video piece called "Goth is a Four Letter Word," where he does like uh, like it's like a video essay where he gets into how goth kind of became maligned in the indie circle and so people started referring to all these old bands from the 70s and 80s that defined that referred to themselves as being goth like a Bauhaus mm-hmm. or yeah. uh, like Susie Susan and Banshees, Banshees. Yeah. as post-punk because they didn't want the attachment with like Hot Topic <laughs> or like Mall Goth or something like that. Well, and, that and there was a lot of like those like 70s 80s artists that like people would fully consider goth right now like yeah, Sisters absolutely. of Mercy Andrew Eldridge don't call him goth to his face don't do it I don't recommend it <laughs> oh, really oh like is, that, is that an okay <laughs> he gets upset I think mm. uh, I think the same thing with Bauhaus a little bit I don't mm. think mm-hmm. Peter Murphy ever liked the goth label they just wanted to be post-punk mm-hmm. oh like, interesting okay see I thought they I thought they did refer to themselves as goth maybe I'm okay maybe I'm off on that they're just so interesting to me it was yeah, kind of like, split some would I think like Susie and the Banshees for sure would yeah. be like yeah we're, we're goth and we, yeah, it's not that. always yeah that kind of. I mean, obviously these bands are evolving. We're talking about like when you know the genesis when they like the first like Bauhaus and like you know the early stuff when they were really like kind of people were st- first starting to like cover them and stuff. Like it's like oh this is just what that is and like you know uh, Belarus's Dead is considered like arguably like the definitive first kind of like goth song and it's just yeah. okay. But like 
you know, whatever you, it's like, I mean, they would not sound like that. Like just, again, it's not necessarily an all fair, all encompassing thing across right. the board. Like, yeah, what I mean, whatever. But like, it's, there's a very similar kind of thing with emo where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we don't like people you try to recommend. I, I know for myself, it's like, oh yeah, you try to turn people on emo records. And it's just that, like that connotation of like, oh, it's just like the hot topic era. And it's like, oh man, you a very limited like idea yeah. of what emo is and i'd love to just get into this with you but it's very hard to just get over those barriers unless you're just going to dive into it but right there's yeah. the yeah. Y- you know the outer shell of any genre yeah. where people who aren't into it mm-hmm. you know they have their idea of what it is very Maybe emo gets the worst rap in that yeah that's the one that i just keep going back to because it's just in like the and it is obviously true with any genre like what you were speaking to and like you could argue like how dramatic the stuff that rises to the top to, I hate going back to that but like versus the stuff that you know is sort of definitive and kind of made the genre what it is whatever but uh, with like emo specifically man that stuff it's just and like I hadn't thought about goth like that in a while but like yeah that's very easy to see how that you know, like just has that negative connotation there and it's like okay well that's a very very limited idea of what goth music is but yeah. you know alright I got a hundred bucks right now for <laughs> whoever can name which band was the first band to ever be referred to as goth because my mind is blown right now on Wikipedia The Damned? No No but Good Good. That is a good guess oh I, the first band to ever be it or isn't Jay Hawkins. It's not going to be. Who <laughs> I know. It's the thing. It's not going to be anybody that I'm thinking. So I you just tell me. I All right. Absolutely. I'm no going to read the first sentence of the origins <laughs> and development section. The term Gothic rock was coined by music critic John Stickney in 1967 to describe a meeting he had with Jim Morrison, dimly lit oh, wine that cellar, yeah. which he yeah, called that. quote the perfect room to honor the Gothic rock of the Doors. Yeah. I was going actually what I thought of immediately as you were skidding into that was like oh you know Roy Orbison is like maybe who I would think of as like the first person but yeah Jim Morrison's not surprising so here we go guys yeah. the doors the first God the doors of the birth of God not well uh, I thought you were gonna be into like all right here we go the doors how do we feel about him like this oh, is how no, we get no, into like no, the doors like, they turn it right. into classic rock yeah classic. No, well, well no just like, like okay like here we are on the pot whatever like this is how we get to the doors finally but yeah that's uh I mean again it just speaks to how much the stuff shifts and like yeah that yeah. We, I don't know I'd be very curious to know when that really got popularized well, because like yeah they were considered but like when was when did the term really stick with bands was well then it, it also mentions that the same year mm-hmm. Velvet Underground's song All Tomorrow's Parties oh I've heard that uh, too actually was yeah. referred to by music historian Kurt Loder as a mesmerizing gothic rock masterpiece then you jump to the next sentence and now we're into what we were talking about it says in 1977 the F Club Night in Leeds began, which would be instrumental to the development of the goth subculture in the 80s. You get into that. That's where it's like yeah. Susie and the Banshees magazine, Joy Division. But see, that's what I think is interesting. Like, yeah, yeah with I've, I have heard that with Velvet Underground and the Doors, like some of that stuff being referred to as gothic. But like there is still such a time gap there between that and when it really starts to take off. And it was Nick Kent, the great British, the guy who wrote for NME in the 70s, mm-hmm. rock critic. He was the one who kind of like solidified what we are talking about as as goth. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Hmm. You heard it here, guys. You heard it here first. This is the segment of the show where we read off Wikipedia. <laughs> so I do. I know that he, Mark is very into Black Midi. Um, oh, yeah. I fuck. I can't remember. You said that you listened to the Squid Rocket. How do you feel about Squid? I, generally speaking, I liked the singles. I I feel like I haven't listened to the record enough times to like really absorb it. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of. I'm kind of usually listening to like more like goth stuff. Mm-hmm. Lately, yeah. so like I only listened to it like a handful of times. I really like the singles that were on it. Dude, narrator is so great. Dude. Oh, that song! Wow, I love that. Song. I think it's for sure my fucks. favorite song of theirs. Yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. 
but yes i mean i yeah that's they only have one other like ep it's just this album and then like a you know a couple of singles whatever but i am definitely i mean they really just jumped on my radar with I, uh, that song oh. i really like all the singles that came yeah. out prior like sludge and oh yeah houseplant all mm-hmm. that stuff that, yeah it's all good i just i think i need more time with that record yeah mm-hmm. but i i like it i just haven't gotten like super deep into it well, I'm glad to hear that you're liking it so yeah. far. You mentioned, Danny, that you like the Squid record more than Black Midian. I mean, yeah. again, that's honestly... Would you ma- have guessed that? Yeah, I hate to say that, like, oh, that's not that surprising. I honestly wouldn't... I didn't mention this to Mark earlier. I was about to, and I was like, well, we'll wait for the pod. But I, they, Black Midian, to me, seems very much like a band that it's much easier to, for you to appreciate than actually enjoy listening to yeah. you. And, like, yeah. with yeah. Squid, I could see that being the case, too. But I think there's much more of an in there, and it's, like... There's just more about that that is easier, like just that you would just enjoy this personally more. Melodic, more. I think. Yeah. yeah, I hate to just like I, that's a, is it, that, it is what it is. I, <laughs> it is it is what it is. I've just, just, you'd say for sure just because it's more melodic. That's why you like it more. I need sugar. Yeah, yeah. I know no, you need sugar. sugar. I don't. I, I hate to always just talk about that because I don't want to limit you in that way. Or ba- like make ba- it sound like it's limiting. But baby needs a sugar. My, my I know. palate over yeah. the years has just grown less, uh, less mature. <laughs> I have Give me the hook yeah. yeah I feel like yeah. Hook those hooks Into my veins baby. Yeah. Let's get going Yeah it's... Got 30 seconds Pop them in 2012 Danny Probably would have been Maybe more Black Midi I guess But Yeah I think quick. 2012 Black Midi Either one of those records Might have made your top 10 Yeah, yeah I, that, I think so that, I mean they're wild the Watching them play live like mm-hmm. Just watching the stuff On YouTube that I've seen like they have sections of songs where they just stop And they're just all Talking to each other And so it's mm-hmm. just very yeah. Like it's <laughs> very out there And cool I don't badass and like i mean again there are two i mean again not a band that i'm gonna would necessarily think that you'd be excited like or when to keep tabs on but i do think that if you know we get a chance to see them live at some point we should go see them i i think that That'd you would awesome. really love that show oh, I mean, you, yeah. said you mentioned some live you saw live stuff so you know that it's gonna be great but like i'm there yeah it's uh obviously That's, i know yes. i know you're there all right so are they, are, are they i was confused though because i'm i think on wikipedia i saw them listed as like a three-piece or a four-piece but then everything i've seen them play it's like Eight or so people, so with like horns and when like around when Schlagenheim came out prior, like during that time, they were a four piece. But their guitarist Matt, I, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. It's something Polish. They have some very wild out there <laughs> yeah. names, for, except for yeah. the drum. Yeah. He's he was on. He's been on hiatus for like the writing of Cavalcade, I think, mm-hmm. and I think he's still yep. on that hiatus. Yeah, but... to my knowledge, yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so yeah, they are a four piece still. It's just yeah, this cycle they've been they recorded and presumably will be like the, just the three of them going. But I I mean, I um I think it was when I saw them live it was just the four of them. Um and you said you've seen like a lot of other all the stuff, stage. Uh, all yeah, the stuff that you've seen the, the couple of videos I watched of them performing this new stuff there was like mm-hmm. a bunch of horns with them yeah and, and it's not surprising that they would bulk up for the shows for this yeah. record specifically. I don't actually yeah. think I've seen any footage of I've seen. Like a live talk show performance, I think, of one of the songs from this record, but I did not see uh, any just, like actual like live like sets or anything like that. But okay. what were you gonna say? Just okay, yeah. Um, I man, I, that makes me want to see them even more, honestly. Like, yeah. I uh, I so I am. Oh, I was gonna get this with you later, but I will be seeing them at Pitchfork, and I oh, uh, nice. I am just very much like that makes me Lucky that much more excited too. to see like how like that stuff. I wanted to see how it translates, but like actually being able to pull out of stuff off with people. I mean, that's fucking cool. I yeah. be very easy to just have somebody you know with a you know sampler or sequence or whatever replicating some of that stuff, which it's not what I think they would opt for, but like. 
Yeah, it's it's easy for me to like lose sight of exactly like listening to it, just how much that stuff might necessarily entail in a context like that. And I haven't thought about it a whole lot, but that's gonna be fucking cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. If they have, um, if they have a live horn piece with them, yeah, yeah, man, into it. <laughs> Straight into the veins with that. Here we go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're not old. <laughs> we're not old, no, sir. None of us. Not yet. old. <laughs> not a chance. Send, we're send, all... us, send us memes. We know how they work. We get them. It's not gonna be an issue. We love TikTok. We're all, all of our favorite platform across the board. The no, other day, documents. The other I'll just day. have to put on my reading glasses. <laughs> that will be good. Get real close. The other day, I was on the phone with McCray, and he said TikTok, and I realized I was old because for about four seconds, I thought he mispronounced TikTok. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, there's a thing called TikTok. Oh, it's so good. Uh, um, but, yeah, um, with... Yeah, any of these bands. I'm really looking forward to seeing how all these bands progress. And, like, I'd be lying if I said that I was anywhere near as excited about, like, Fontaine's DC or Shame or, you know, a handful of other bands that, like, you know, I think they're all, with the exception of Idols, honestly, in my opinion, all a lot of the bands that have come up with in the last, like, couple years that scan as post-punk that are getting a lot of coverage, like, none, most of the stuff is all pretty sound. And, like, I, it's hard for me to really dismiss in a way that, like, I think a lot of post-punk, again, historically, you know, has been. But... Um, yeah, I just, these, I don't know. It's like with anything else, it's like I'm much more interested in like just draw. And that's, I guess how all music is the most exciting stuff these days. It's like, you're just drawing from everything. Everybody has everything. So it's like, there's always an expectation for a lot of people going in of like, Oh, you know what, how eclectic is this? Whatever. And like, yeah, it's obviously like an unfair sort of thing because again, it's artist expression, do whatever the fuck you want. There shouldn't be any kind of a loaded thing about like, oh, if this is just, you're just influenced by a couple of different Wait, genres. Wait, just this one is like, genre? Right. What exactly, are you like, doing? Like, yeah, I mean, again, this- you need at least 10. I, <laughs> that's not going to cut it. Like, that's the kind of flair you're working with? Oh, fuck, Come man, on. not a chance. Yep. I'm not going to be here for LP2. Um, yeah, I don't know. These, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how all these bands progress, and I would like to see Squid and Black Country New Road live, too, for what it's worth. I think those yeah. would be great shows. Mm-hmm. But, um, I got to check out that Black Country New Road, just because yeah. I want to buy the t-shirt. That name is so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually saw they did this live performance um, somewhere, but I saw it on YouTube. They covered uh, "Kids" by MGMT. Oh, oh yeah, sweet. Oh, okay. it's really good. And really? it's like really no, it's time to pretend. Time to pretend. Okay, that's what they covered. It, cool, it, cool it gets pick. really emotional. Cool yeah, of course. Yeah. That that uh that is shocking. They, I mean, again, it's you know emblematic of what we were talking about or earlier. Brought it to me that uh, Black Mini covered both. Was it the same set, King Crimson and Britney Spears? Or uh, sorry, Taylor Swift, sorry. No, so I think they, I don't know when they recorded these, but mm-hmm. I guess based on where you buy the physical record, they had a deal with some, like, stores that they'd record, like, a cover of a song, and oh, it would just okay. be included with gotcha. the record purchase oh, or awesome, something. Though. That but is very that, cool. I did not yeah. remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, he mentioned, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, Black Mini covering Taylor Swift, that's fucking awesome. What did they, what did they do? He told me about I, it. I, I don't know what they heard did. All I have no idea. I, I just found those covers today on YouTube, but I listened to the Talking Heads cover, and he completely <laughs> creep. Their singer just gives up during like the French parts, and at <laughs> some point killer? he's just like, he says some, yep, yeah, Psycho yeah, Killer. Yeah. He's like, he says some French shit. Sacre bleu. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> just like riff ad libbing while the yeah. Yeah, Psycho just, Killer is actually okay. Now I can see where people would maybe call Talking Heads like that classic post-punk mm-hmm. boom boom oh boom, yeah boom, boom, and that was yeah. again like their first big single that was album one like that's yeah. again like yeah. Where, yeah so i mean it i think it definitely tracks but like to call them a post-punk band is definitely disingenuous i, I mean. really hope black midi did our song 
That's my favorite Taylor Swift song. I've decided. Uh, it's that's your favorite Taylor song. Swift song. Yeah. What is it? They did love song. They did love song. Is that what I'm thinking yeah. of too? Maybe I don't even know Taylor. Is that oh. the one? Our song is living. If that ended up being your favorite, oh, oh, I, I, I want to find no out if that's your favorite idea. song and let you know. That's. All right, I, I need no to clue. look up. Wait, but, is there um, a song called Love Song Amazon? Yeah, so all the whole reason I just brought that up, though, is that, like, yeah, I mean, look, I would not think that, like, MGMT would necessarily lend themselves, like, any of those songs would lend themselves to great covers by Black Country New Road, not exactly the most natural sort of thing in the world, but that especially is... Especially that first album. Yes, especially the first, especially the first that's record. That's just so, pop. Yeah, that is, like, synth pop in the... I mean, we're just, we're mining that strawberry jam well for all it's worth, boys, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna check that out. That's very cool. Did they do Love Story? <laughs> yeah. The, okay, that's awesome, because yeah. that's, like, I feel like the, it's a love story, baby, just say, I want to hear that guy sing that. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, hearing him yeah, say I'll it's a love story. Oh, we got some fun covers to get into after this. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear that. <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts on post-punk and our bands drawing from that, working kind of within that vein, how we feel about things today, et cetera, et cetera? I'm into it. I feel like I should start learning German a little bit more. Sure, sure. <laughs> sort of an Eastern European aesthetic that I just want to like. Oh, yeah, especially if you're going to dabble into like goth post-punk. You mm. might have to learn some Russian. Mulchat yeah. Dom. Okay, yeah. Mulchat Doma is ah. huge. Apparently, okay. that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> learn, learning lessons on the show. I mean, that's what it's about. Right? Yeah. That's what it's all yeah. about. Yep. I butcher names. I mean, at <laughs> least one or two every episode. I'm going to butcher some moving forward in the next couple minutes. I heard so. Steve Hyden butcher something the other day. That, oh, he called a finale a finale. And I was just like, what? Come <laughs> on, man. That's <laughs> the finale. I uh, uh, love it. All right. Hey, so I go, do, go real quick before shoot, you shoot, do shoot. your segment. It's June. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I, was, I, I knew we did it and stuff at the end, but let's go right now. It's please. June 6th. Yep. So I think next episode, if it's two weeks away, is going to be June 20th, which is the day before the solstice. And you know what that summer we're, solstice is. We're popping it off, dude. Be. We're popping it off. Summer of Wayne. That's exactly right. So uh, is, I was thinking the plan would just be we kind of go through each project and each episode. We could spend like five minutes or so as a segment, kind of like the, we, um, talking out the projects one by one. Does that work out they, for you? I mean, I think each episode, we got to focus just era, like an encompassing, era. Enco- yeah. encompassing era for, you know, the episode. And we this go, is like 98 to 2000. Yes, Wayne, right. I got There's you. just so much there. I mean, yep. and I don't want it to, again, just be something where we're only talking about the Carter Three and like the really big records. Like, right. I want to just do the full scope of the career. I so. love it. Talk, yep. watch interviews. Yep. And we'll, so we'll just go every two weeks. We'll go like two years at a time or something. And something just, like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. It's definitely going to be the next we one, gotta get, for sure. We need a bump or two. There's got to be like an audio thing where it's like, Summer of Wayne. <laughs> now we're back on the Summer <laughs> of Wayne. <laughs> got to get the jingles. <laughs> got to get them. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm so here for it. Season two, the production quality. I'm telling you guys when our investors start finally coming in <laughs> they start returning those calls baby we've we, we got an ipo coming this fall and once that hits the market i think it's over i think it's going to be a lot different in here all right yes, anyway sir. so dylan you've got five yeah, I gotta, albums gotta for save us. the the strip down setup while we have it here baby. Enjoy, enjoy it. a little lo-fi <laughs> yeah all right uh so these are five favorite records that i've gotten into since we've talked last um uh, it's always so hard to do this because I'm mean, already like a couple that I've heard last couple days that I feel like I need to throw in here. Um, real quick though, did you? I'm not sure. We haven't gotten into it yet, but um, the Avalanche just released that remix record on Friday. No, and I've so not like that—that that is something that I'm probably just gonna end up talking about next time too. I haven't heard the new Japanese Breakfast yet. Um, there's like a hand. That's I mean, about to be. I feel like the record that dominates the year of like yeah, the shit I yeah. read, and I, it, I don't listen is. to her. I don't know it, so I gotta get ready. When we were talking about betting on scores earlier, I was, I was gonna like open up this conversation with, "Are you ready to read that nine That's four Monday, tomorrow right? on That's, Jubilee? Tomorrow's tomorrow. Monday. You ready you're, for that nine four? Going, baby? I'm not going nine four. I'm gonna go. We got another FK Twigs. Uh, it is not gonna be Lana Del Rey situation here, baby. I felt so good the other day. I guess the Rostam went almost perfectly. I loaded the screen and I was like seven. 
seven one seven one seven one. No, seven two. But I was like, yeah. I'm I'm in my yeah. sweet spot, baby. So yeah. I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna bet that new Japanese breakfast record. And Dylan, if you're down, I'm gonna throw five on this right now. Sure, we can decide yeah. it tomorrow morning. Absolutely. I'm gonna say nine even. Yeah, that's more plausible. I'm going for the uh, benches here because I'm like, this is the narrative compels us so hard that You're this going is nine four. Nine four. Yep. I like the idea that people who aren't that into above, there's like a subgroup of people who listen to this who aren't <laughs> that into music criticism. Everybody that listens, they'll to wait this. two weeks to hear the results of a review that comes out tomorrow in our bed. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, at least like separate things were just like fuck I lost that was I mean you know it turns, turns out Danny lost the bet actually turns <laughs> it out alright and I uh, waited two weeks, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so uh, first record is uh, Super Wet by or Super Wet Jesus fuck dude Super <laughs> Super What by great Starface. punk band name punk band Super Jesus wet. fuck dude oh Jesus fuck dude I think you're saying Super Wet yeah Jesus fuck dude Super Wet that's a great record name um, yeah Super Wet by Starface and I'm of Doom um, I'm pretty sure I brought this one up to you earlier. I don't know if you've heard. Have you listened to this yet? No, not yet. Have you listened to this at all? No. Do you like MF Doom or Sarpe? I, I, have... I like MF Doom. Yeah. I don't dabble in like rap like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just not on my radar yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, I like this record a lot. This is the first official, like, posthumous uh, MF Doom record, the collaboration with him and uh, Starface, which are a super group composed of the rappers Inspector Deck, Anna Storg, and the producer Seven Elf. So four of them on this project. It's the second collaborative record that Starface and Doom have put out together. And uh, it's just, I mean, this is just a lot of fun. This is a <laughs> uh, the kind of record that, like, it's, it's just, like, exactly, you know, um, it's just such fun easy to listen to just like back and forth shit talking kind of braggadocious rap just like a really like you know two vets just like or i mean three technically uh, vets just kind of shooting the shit and like just i mean exactly what you want out of a low sticks kind of rap record where everybody's just having fun in the room like you can tell you know it's just yeah it was a i don't know it's endlessly replayable in my mind it feels pretty spontaneous very loose and off the cuff but like the rapping is still very tight it's just it has that playful kind of energy to it where like you know, it's you know the uh, exact opposite of a J Cole record. Like nothing to prove here. We're just we're making music for the sake of making music, and we're having fun. Right, right. Like, it's yeah, a lot of fun. I good yeah. Just uh, very easy to recommend to anybody that likes any kind. Like you know, very obviously golden age sounding, but like it's just if you love the lo- if you have a low language, like it's just an easy thing to fall for. Yeah, you yeah. should. I think you enjoy it. Um, second record I'm gonna bring up is uh, Africa. Victim, I don't even know how to pronounce this thing. It's like African Victim or something like that by Madhu Mokhtar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tour. Um, I think it's Afrique, maybe. Afrique. I, I honestly have no I, idea. I don't either. So. I feel like I might have heard. Yeah, Stephen talked about this, but I do not remember how it was pronounced. So, Madhu Mokhtar, Dwarig guitarist, he. I don't even pronounce that, but like I just do. Yeah, it's Modi Mokhtar, I think. Modi Mokhtar, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great musician. He's a singer, songwriter, band leader. It's uh, the music that he they make. It's considered like they called kind of desert blues. It's just like very like guitar heavy, like string heavy, intense like uh, rock music that it just draws from a lot of other like yeah. It's like essentially like jammy kind of blues rock, so to speak, and like a lot of other eclectic kind of you know stringed instruments and uh, but you know, the musicianship is just outstanding. I mean, this is kind of a thing that is in some ways antithetical to a lot of how my tastes have shifted over the years. I mean, very much seems like a record that on paper I don't think Mark would like very much for a lot of this sort of thing where it's very flashy technical playing, but like it is very tasteful ultimately. Like this is not stuff where it's just like, you know, 
a tour record or whatever, like just like solos. I mean, this is stuff where it's again very well orchestrated, tastefully layered music, great vocals, but like the guitar playing is just outstanding. And so, I mean, do they use the Fibonacci sequence or? <laughs> um, I don't think they're. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, probably. probably I, 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 I don't feel comfortable about saying that that's a no. They, but, they, you know. they, they have a transparent <laughs> copy of the Fibonacci sequence. They lay it down over a staff of music, and then they just write notes out to make that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't listened to a ton of uh, his other records, but yeah, this is for me like one of the biggest surprises of the year. Just one of those records where it just completely comes out of nowhere for me, and is you know kind of steeped in a lot of stuff that I'm not really that drawn to. But I was I'm very sold on it. I yeah I highly recommend. I mean something that I think that you might enjoy. Just I don't know from the I I don't know. I mean I don't want to start get into again. Like there are a Dave, lot of things about I, it that I think you might enjoy. I but, think Dave yeah. Longstreth's a big uh, Modu Makdar fan. Is he? Yeah, and I know he <laughs> yeah, likes. That um, Bambino too. You know Bambino, another guitarist from that same area, that same region. Mm. I think I believe I could be wrong on that. Too. Okay, I don't I don't know, but yeah, it's not surprising me. I think that yeah, yeah there's stuff about this that you would like, but yeah, totally just not something that I think either of us really listen to much of. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very compelling record in my mind. Uh, Next one is Seek Shelter, of course, Ice Age. You know, you know, we're gonna get to this. Like, I love Ice Age so much, and you know, this is probably it might be my least favorite Ice Age record, if we're being honest. Like, um, I like all of them. You know, I love all my children equally. You know, it's hard to. There's not any that I'm disappointed with. This one, it's just. I mean, first of all, I gotta say, a terrible entry point. If you haven't listened to Ice Age, you can't start here. This is just a very like not the best idea of like. And again, not because I think it's just because it's my least favorite, but also it's even more far flung in terms of that trajectory of like really yeah drawing from i mean interestingly enough first of all sonic boom produced this record and so on paper from spaceman three right yes yeah on paper that is just disastrous like you know this guy produced panda bear and mgmt i mean like just not the kind of i mean this is like phil specter producing the ramones like just like what are we doing that here? happened it did happen. oh okay, i know okay, I, okay, that, okay. That, that did happen and <laughs> yeah no uh but no this record is really good i, I like quite a bit it's very you know restrained for them that's there are still some like tracks that are just having intense and have that driving energy with them but yeah it's a lot slower more subdued and restrained and definitely more of an emphasis on melody and texture but yeah i like it a lot. i mean i just i go to bed or uh, go to bad for this band so hard that i really at this point i still like everything they do and i think elias ronfeld really is one of my favorite like front men of yeah again like the last decade i think he's a great songwriter and yeah i just love everything they put out but like yeah not really a good place to start with them and you know i just it's I don't know. Not necessarily the kind of record that I wanted them to make per se, but like I'm here for all of it. So yeah, I got. I still got to get into them. I haven't really like ever made. Yeah, the deep I don't. Dive. I'll make that. You haven't heard any of them? Okay. I know what the sound is like a little bit. But yeah, I was I'm sure you've heard it. some stuff, but like yeah, no, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, because that it, with them too, it's like yeah, I don't even know if I would necessarily recommend one of the earlier records to you because that just might be more of a turn off. But Beyond List, the one that came out in 2018, is my favorite. And I think that you probably should start with that one. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, number two or number four, the two of my favorites, number four total is A Tiny House and Secret Speeches, Polar Equals by Sweet Trip. And uh, this is that same band that I was talking to you earlier in the show about, the first mm-hmm. band that I got turned on to by The Algorithm. Mm-hmm. And uh, first album of theirs in 12 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I like it quite a bit. I still like, um, I'm kind of, it came out last Friday. I'm still sort of digesting a little bit. I've only heard it through, I think, 
uh, all the way through twice. There's a, I mean, a lot going on here. The music is very dense. It's actually this is what we listen to on the way over here, Mark. Just oh, so you yeah, know, that like, was sweet trip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very dense, heavily textured. I mean, they. I think I, I mentioned this to you when I brought this band up, Danny. They are like Dylan Core to the core. I mean, this is like exactly like my kind of shit. I mean, it's really like you know experimental electronica, shoegaze, dream pop, psych pop. It's just like I mean a lot of stuff that I really love, kind of very tastefully, in my opinion, done, and like nothing feels overblown or you know it's just everything kind of fits into its right place and i believe that there are only two core members of the band at this point in time i don't know how the lineups have shifted over the years but yeah it's very impressive what they've managed to do in the studio and i don't even know how a lot of, of their music has translated live i haven't seen a ton of live stuff but like definitively a studio band you know as i mentioned with those descriptors and the kind of stuff that i like i mean mm-hmm. um yeah i just i i very it's certainly you know my enjoyment of this is compounded by the fact that like this record is much better than i thought it was going to be and it's still like you know it feels like a you know they're still pushing their sound forward in some interesting ways there's another record kind of not unlike seek shelter where it is a little bit more a little slower and more subdued and more nuanced than some of their other music in the past but i think it's still uh very engaging rich listen and oh god it's so corny but like it's it, there's just so much like detail to it that it's easy to admire even if it doesn't isn't quite as immediate you know which is i've mentioned this to mark as well with the black mini records like i think i for different reasons I prefer different ones like I think Schlagenheim is more immediate and more like just fun to listen to whereas like Cavalcade in my mind is like just a more interesting record and much more impressive to me and I might not reach for it as much but like I I think it's probably a better record on the whole but um, yes. yeah with Schlagenheim has more sugar yeah I'd say. definitely more sugar that's um, that's exactly right I'm not these that. bands Black Midi is not a band that loads it up with sugar but if we're talking about these two that is one part true. one part per hundred at least on this one <laughs> yeah man Schlagenheim there's some sugar so yeah I mean Again, like uh, Spear of the Beehives, Entertainment Death, I mean, this is definitely a record where, like, yeah, depending on your mileage, this is most certainly not for anybody, but if anybody likes, like, very studio-driven music of any of the genres that I mentioned and, like, you know, liked, what, I mean, like uh, Spear of the Beehive or some of the other things I've talked about or, you know, this is just, I mean, like, uh, it's just so much my shit. It is Dylan You know what it is, man. Like, for anybody out there that likes, on the off chance you like a Sunday in Glasgow, like, Sweet Trip is for you. We got to do, we got to publish, like, their (laughs) list of, like, essential 50 Dylan Core. The essential essential 50 50 Dylan Core. Yeah, Yeah, man. It'll happen at some point. Uh, And then number one, what I was teasing at earlier with uh, Earl Sweatshirt when we talked about how that was Mark and I's favorite rapper. That was, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, So... Uh, my number one album that I'm going to be talking about is Pray for Haiti by Makami, who I don't know if he still is, but like, I mean, for a couple of years was definitely Earl Sweatshirt's favorite rapper. And I also think Pray for Haiti is, in my mind, certainly the best hip hop album since Feet of Clay or some rap songs, really, by both by Earl. Like, this is just the first rap record that's really blown me away since those. I mean, that's not true. Play a whole lot of Red too, but like, I think it's the best one, best hip hop release since Feet of Clay, in my mind. Which is like, what year? Uh, late 2019 November 2019 okay yeah so again okay. it's not that long of time but like this is like this is just I mean, an incredible release super dense uh, you know, like so I first of all I love that word I used to have so much music I love have you listened to any of my comedy yourself Danny I, I don't even know if I've never even about heard the name until right now yeah yeah, yeah. No so idea. he's a Haitian American rapper I think based out of New York um yeah, he's uh, a really interesting kind of cult figure. Um, only uh, 
is has photos with a bandana on doesn't show his face to interviewers or in publicity photos at all like has Mm. most of his early releases he just released through his store for ridiculously high like thousands of dollars for like you know tapes and albums and yeah like he was just able to actually like have a cult fan base that would actually support him and buy like uh, just whatever but like there's not a ton of his stuff that's like widely widely available on streaming platforms i don't even know how much else besides pray for haiti is but this record is very impressive. I haven't, like, I've heard enough to know that Makami is very much a kind of rapper that I like. Like, very comparable, you know, and again, to this is a huge generalization. They're all singular rappers in their own rights, but like Mike, Earl Sweatshirt, Navy Blue, like, you know, the very, like, already New York underground rap scene, of, like, that sort of, like, very much falls within that pretty clearly, but like, is totally just his own sort of force. I mean, an incredible poet. He's just strong from so many different things. I mean, it's just like he. It's the kind of thing where, like, it feels almost like Good Kid, Mad City esque, where he's just like fitting different characters and different cadences for mm-hmm. the songs and just playing different. Like, there's just there's it's the kind of record where it's almost overwhelming how much he's drawing from and how much he's doing and like just where he's like going train of thought wise and like music is. I think the executive producer was Westwood Gun uh, or Westside Gun rather of uh, Griselda. So like he's got ties to the that's uh, group of rappers, but and it's got. A very like decayed sort of uh, boom bap sort of sound to it. Very soulful jazz loops, and uh, I mean the beats are all very tasteful. But yeah, the rapping is just like unfucking believable. I mean, it's very impressive stuff. Cannot recommend like anybody that likes any hip hop at all needs to listen to this thing ASAP. I mean, I think for me like Entertainment Death is still just slightly I, my favorite record of the year over this. But like this might be the best thing I've heard all year. That's exactly like, what I was about to ask. Yeah, it's not yeah, yeah, like halfway right. through the year, like how it's. It's very up. close. So those two, yeah. those are these the top are like two. neck and neck for me. Sweet Spirit trip, Beehives, no, Spirit, top five two at all, or no, Sweet Trip's in the top five right now. Again, okay. I I don't know exactly where that falls. It's behind these two, but yeah, it's probably in my five. I'd say. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, you can so listen to these. I need to listen to this. Though. I, I have really, a responsibility to the show. To I really sure hope I that you do. I, I mean, I, 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 I would never throw the R word around for anything like this. No, but like, I, I want to. I really want to hear your take. You know, I'm gonna. I'm. <laughs> I gotta listen to this. All right, please do. I think that's all we got for you, boys. Thank you for coming on, Mark. It's been Mark, a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Right, see you.